0: Welcome to She Said, She Said, the only program of rock and roll comparisons and contrasts. I am Lena Stagg, the culinary chef and author of the Recipe Records Series, a series of four groovy rock and roll cookbooks that blend rock history, facts, trivia, and Photos with delicious and easy-to-prepare recipes themed for music genres and bands. And Recipe Records has a book for numerous genres, by the way. And if you like the music of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you can try out the original Recipe Records cookbook, which features facts and stories about the Foo (laughs) Fighters, Razor Machines, And, hmm, a very, very famous band that we'll be hearing more about in a few minutes, The Cars.
1: Well, you know, one of my neighbors is the drummer for The Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins. Hoo hoo! Awesome! (laughs) He he, he lives like three blocks away, and we're real good friends. I've played on his solo record, and then he has a studio in his guest house, and they were doing, uh, I went over there and played on a Perry Farrell session with Tony Visconti producing over at uh, Taylor's house. So we're, we're buds.
2: <laughs> and that's a hint, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is super. So if you're a Motown, British Invasion, or California Jingle Jangle fan, you will enjoy the Recipe Records 60s edition. And if, like my co-host, you're a Beatles babe, in your cookbook is definitely Recipe Records a culinary tribute to the Beatles which features unique and special recipes including a Liverpool dish supplied by British Beatles experts Dave Bedford and hey if you're like
1: how, how about for the Jewish people a chopped Liverpool dish
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a mo- like a mold in the shape of the cavern or
2: something.
1: <laughs> no, the, the river building that would, work, would be river uh, building.
2: exactly
1: exactly <laughs> that would
2: be a mold.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a chopped liver mold. <laughs> that's
2: awesome. Well,
0: all of my books are found at my website, LenaStag.com, and if you order any of the books right now, you'll get a free copy of my latest cookbook. The rolling scones. Let's spend the bite together. And you will want to stock up on all of those cookbooks for the holidays because they are quickly approaching. While you're at my website, sign up for my free newsletter and blog because I have a brand new edition coming out soon, which will be spotlighting the one and only Bruce Springsteen. So don't miss it.
2: Amen to that. I I sincerely cook with my recipe records books at least once a week. My husband's happiest night of the week. (laughs) And I love playing the songs that Lena's coordinated that go with each uh, recipe. So... Instead of giving you a wine list, she gives you a music list, and it's really cool to ask your Alexa to play each song that she's coordinated to go with the recipes. I mean, when the books came out, there was no such thing, and you would have to make yourself a mixtape or mixed DVD. (laughs) But now you just say, you know, ask her to play the song, and you she plays it while you're cooking. It makes it into a fun experience instead of a chore. And Once you try it, you're going to get really hooked on having fun. You're going to be getting into the kitchen to rattle those pots and pans instead of ordering out. So you're going to love it, trust me. Well, they might trust you if they know who you were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I might help if <laughs> I introduce myself. Hey, guys, I am Lena's trusty sidekick, Jude Sutherland Kessler, the co host of She Said, She Said, and the author of the John Lennon series as a twin. So if you're asking, what's the John Lennon series? It is a biographical series on the life of John Lennon and, of course, his mates, the Beatles. They're all in there. They're presented to the reader as if you're reading a story. It's a historical narrative, but it is thoroughly researched and documented and factual. In fact, in the last book, Volume 4, there were over 4,400 footnotes. Uh, So you're getting exactly what John said, what he ate, what he wore, what he did, And if you're saying, well, I'm not so sure about that, I'd like to see how that works, you can read chapters, sample chapters from each of the four volumes in the John Lennon series that are currently available by going to johnlennonseries.com. And while you're there, if you sign up for my newsletter. I'll keep you posted on the new research that I'm uncovering about John and the Lads as I'm working on Volume 5. I'll um, send you links to my monthly Fest for Beatles fans blog and from time to time I include some cool coupons and some discounts. Absolutely.
0: They are not to be missed. So be sure nope, I sign up. Ooh, I
1: heard an endorsement. You fi-
0: have you signed up? I
1: know I'm trying to keep my mouth shut but I love your book so much, Jude, and I've read each one at least twice because they're so enjoyable and and such a different way of telling the story. I probably have most every Beatle book out. I've I've got a wall of them. And, you know, I've heard the story so many times, but I just love it so much I keep reading them. But yours is unique in the the canon. It's just a a different way of looking at it. It kind of puts you in the room, and it's just really fun.
2: Thank you, thank you so much, and I appreciate all the help you've given me because you know this like the back of your hand, and all of the um, suggestions and changes and things that you've given me have been extremely helpful, and that gives you another clue to who our guest is today because if you look on the back cover of Should Have Known Better, you might see his name there, so, (laughs) Lena, I'll turn it to you.
0: He is, is awesome. That was an outstanding uh, testimonial to your books, and I would have to concur with our guest today. So speaking of pretty cool, we have with us today a very cool and highly respected musician who is absolutely everything Jude and I look for when booking a guest on our famous hashtag candy series. Our Eye Candy series guests are to be interesting, innovative, iconic,
1: and involved
0: in the music scene today. And our guest certainly fills the bill in all of those categories. First of all, he was lead guitarist for one of the hottest bands in the late 70s and into the 80s, The Cars. And with his mad skills, he definitely earned his place in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, the Cars were named Best New Artist in the 1978 Rolling Stone Reader's Pool, and they also won Video of the Year for the song, You Might Think, at the first MTV Video Awards in 1984. I'm pretty sure I was watching that. But on top <laughs> of those honors, they all lies. <laughs> <laughs> their debut album, The Cars, sold six million copies, and appeared wow. on the Billboard 200 album chart for 139 weeks. So hi When you listen to those <laughs> mega-hit songs, our guests can be heard rocking away on chart toppers such as My Best Friend's Girl, which opened our program today and on songs that we're going to discuss in a few minutes, including You Might Think... You're All I've Got Tonight, and Good Times Roll. His accolades are many, and talents are off the charts. So please help us welcome to She Said, She Said,
2: Mr. Elliot Easton.
1: Hi, ladies. Woo-hoo. Great to talk to you again.
2: Uh, we're so glad to have you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back on the show.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, we, we're, we're just so
0: delighted that you took t- 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 away from your really busy schedule to be on the show again. Oh. So, and well,
1: thank you for asking me back.
0: You're always welcome. We might have to make you our additional um,
2: co-host. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: Souffleing with Easton or something. <laughs> That's great.
2: So, so
0: we can't wait to dive in and talk about the cars and the influence that the Beatles had on your musical career, Elliot. But. Before we do, tell us a little bit about this, this, your current supergroup, the Empty Hearts, and bring us up to date on what you guys are doing right now. You gave us a little hint about it last uh, spring, but inquiring minds are still
1: mm-hmm. wanting to
0: know what is definitely with the Empty Hearts.
1: Well, I'd be happy to tell you um, we're in the final mixing stages of uh, finishing our, our second album, CD, whatever it's called wow. these days, <laughs> and then mastering, and and it's coming out on uh, Valentine's Day, 2020. Oh. Uh, we thought that would be appropriate with the empty hearts coming out on Valentine's Day, <laughs> and uh, the label thought that there were some fun opportunities with that. <laughs> uh, so, that, so that's going on, and and then after that, you know, we we've already shot a couple of videos and uh, and photos and stuff. And we we hope to get out on the road and and like. Play a lot, really. Um, That's the plan—is like to you know get out there in you know in the in the coming year and really get out there and play together. Because you know uh, if people don't know who the members of the band are, besides myself, um, we have Clem Burke from Blondie, who's another Hall of Famer, Wally Palmer from The Romantics. Mm-hmm. which you can't turn on a TV commercial or a movie without hearing That's What I Like About You, right? Yeah, And, yeah. Um, and the great uh, bass player, Andy Babuke, who mm-hmm. played in a great band called the Chesterfield Kings, and Beatles fans will also know, especially gear geeks, will know uh, Andy from having written the book Beatles Gear, which is right. like the Bible of uh, the Beatles' equipment. He literally... Uh, writes about every piece of equipment they used from, I guess, well, 58, maybe when they met at the, mm-hmm. at that state mm-hmm. at the church, up until they broke up, every microphone, guitar, mm-hmm. and And so it's a great uh, reference book. And he did the same thing with the Rolling Stones. So anyway, we've got a really fun and interesting band, and we have a lot of lively conversations about all the kind of stuff that, that we all love to talk about, you, you know, you and us and... It's all you know, wall-to-wall Beatles and gear, and we have a lot of fun. But what I was going to say about it all was is because some of the other guys, like Blondie, still tour sometimes, and the Romantics still play shows. So the Empty Hearts is kind of like our bowling night, in a way. It's yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like what we do for fun uh, when we have a window where everybody's free. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little tricky sometimes to get that working, we're, we can all get together and we're spread out across the country but um, the new year we ha- we've all committed to like really putting some time into this thing and getting out there and playing because that's the most fun oh wow. sure,
0: sure yeah. and that, that, you know the fans are just rabid to, to um, watch super groups like yours get back together I,
1: I'm just going to say one more thing about the record and I'm not going to answer any questions about what I'm going to say I'm just going to say it, but when you hear who plays drums on one song, you're going to die. Um.
2: Yes, yeah, see, you said that last time, and <laughs> and I've been going back and forth because I know I that Paul you. Paul plays drums know. as well as
1: Ringo. So well, it's mm. supposed to be a surprise. So I'm just I don't okay know, you know the guys to kill me, but um. we
2: can't wait to hear. We cannot wait to hear. You've got to come back on when you can talk about it. You've got to come oh, back it's on. A cool. and
1: it's all kind, you know the record uh, is like gro- you know shows some growth I mean kind of like the Beatles I wanted this record to have more sort of ear candy and sound effects mm-hmm. and different vibes and textures and there's one kind of soul kind of stacks volt kind of song that has the uptown horns on it and ooh, and there's there's a kind of white albumish stuff that mm-hmm. I was kind of into this Lenin-y kind of vibe and writing kind of stuff like that and and wow. uh, there's some, you know, and there's some jangle with some Rickenbacker 12-string jangle, and it's a good, you know, it's a fun record, and it, I think it's a, a progression from the first one because we were sort Well, of so
2: can we reserve a Valentine's third radio show and get you to premiere it when it comes out and play some of the songs?
1: Oh, absolutely. That would be a blast. I'd love the opportunity. That okay. Was we, I
2: was just going to
0: recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> that would we would fun. love it. Well... Maybe we could get some of the other empty hearts to call in on it too.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm
2: sure I could arrange that. I'm sure they'd be happy to. That would be fantastic, just fantastic. Well, we need to jump back in time and look at some. You um, should get the, you
1: should get Andy because he's such a beetle expert. Yeah,
2: that would be great. And I I have so many questions I could ask him. Oh yeah, my and, goodness! And he would, yeah, you know,
1: he would, I know he'd love to do it. Well,
2: that would he's be phenomenal. Guy. Phenomenal. We will. We will. Put it down, and if it, if you too could do that, that would be fantastic, just fantastic. Yeah, Jude, now Jude, references you were um, books quite a lot. Say what? Tell us that again,
0: Lina. Jude references Andy's book um, quite often, um, mm-hmm. so I know that she would probably really enjoy chatting yeah. a little bit with him too
2: yeah it would it would be the well the whole thing the whole experience would be wonderful oh, um, yeah, elliot we when you were with us last may we were talking about you know moving in stereo my best friend's girl just what i needed but we had just barely touched the surface of the car's hit so we asked you if you'd come back with us to talk about some of the other big hits well, sh- and yeah
1: because we, we haven't even gotten through side one of first record.
2: <laughs> I know, and that's the thing, what a record that was. It you know, was, the,
1: the joke in the band was that we should rename it The Car's Greatest Hit. <laughs> really, no joke. I mean, it
2: talk about a blockbuster, and the song I wanted to talk about is the one that is also, I believe, on that same LP, really edgy, really sexy song, You're All I've Got Tonight. That song still rocks. So, Elliot, give us... Some insight into this super hot hit.
1: Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, well, you know, from my perspective, um, that song was always one of my favorites live because uh, that was the spot in the show where I got to stretch out a little bit and I could extend that solo at the end. And then, you know, we had a, a you know a cue set where I would play and it, we'd come back in with the last chorus. And so it was always kind of fun for me because I could kind of make it a little different every night and and uh and stretch out a little which isn't you know it's not really the car's ooh you know what i mean <laughs> right. it's like short oh, mm-hmm. let's say it you know beatly kind of you know short pop solos mm-hmm. and stuff and that's what a lot of people know me for and i play a lot of other styles and different things and so it it was always fun playing that song i always loved that one because you yeah. could kind of jam out on it too yeah yeah well,
2: it is amazing. It's It's really edgy, especially, you know, for the year that it was released. And was there any Beatles impact or Beatles influence on the song, anything that, that they inspired when you guys were writing it?
1: You know, I, I knew that you might ask that question, and I was thinking about it. And I think it's not so much necessarily that there's any notes in the music of that song that you would necessarily identify as directly, you know, being influenced by the Beatles, but I think it's I think there's some Beatles in everything we do and it's just it's also just more about the spirit of experimentation
0: mm-hmm, um mm-hmm.
1: Just you know uh, the, the the pop sensibility of uh, you know of how to put together a great record and um, just uh, you know yeah. I mean there's there's references of course but like structure and 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 sonics just interesting sounds and
2: you right. know all
1: the lessons that that we musicians learned growing up with the Beatles where each new record would introduce a whole other.
2: You know, world,
1: really. Right. Um, you know, we've talked about this, I think, isn't there like sort of two and a half years between I Want to Hold Your Hand and starting "Sergeant Pepper with Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. And mm-hmm. if you think of that, you know, two and a half years, like groups nowadays take about 10 years between albums. And yeah. the, the Beatles made, you know, two major mm-hmm. motion pictures, toured the world a bunch of times, television, radio, interviews. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. the the level of progression while all that other insanity was going on to, like, have the music develop at that rate, it's just unbelievable. You know, well, I mean, it's just, you know, we're still talking about it, I suppose, because it's unprecedented and it's, you know, it's just not normal. What can I say? You know, a -hmm. a, a 22-year-old kid writing yesterday is not normal. No. Um, You know. Go, no. Like, you know, this is what I'm saying. It's just, they're, you know, you know, you know I feel you know how I feel. They're like, you know, they're avatars. They're just not, it's, just, yeah. it's not the usual thing, and it really can't be compared to anything else.
2: No, you're so right, and we forget about it. In 64, 65, George Harrison said, we put a week into every day in 1964, and it's true. I mean, they they get up, they make a film. At lunchtime, they do radio and TV interviews. Journalists come over and photograph them. They go back on the set soon as it's over with they go and do thank your lucky stars or some other television ready steady go yeah. john gets home at 10 o'clock they're waiting for him from jonathan cape to work on his
1: book he works and on. sometimes his two book. shows in one or in a yeah. day right yeah mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. and, and and then just... get up at five o'clock and, yeah. and start all over again it's it's crazy
1: and, and have just, people you know clawing at you screaming at you and camping outside your house and you know, and then to, like, you know, be able to settle down and write the sort of songs that, like, are on Rubber Soul or something while they were still touring. Yeah, yeah. It, know, it, where
2: did the creativity have time to eke out? Where did that, because there was no time, but it's amazing. Well, speaking of creativity.
1: It. It, it, you know, when you always, you read stories about great songwriters and it's almost a compulsion. They write on yes. matchbook covers, napkins. Yes. Uh, hotel stationery, anything that's available, because they have to get it out. Yep. Yep. So I don't even. You know. You know. And and and, back then we know how the pressure was on for the, the next single every six weeks. Yeah. So, so so these boys had to write. You know. Yeah. Like had to write on the road, and the other thing about them, you were saying like you know, how many you know, how many hours and like they were old before they you know, older than their age, it's like even before anybody had heard of them, mm-hmm. they'd been through Hamburg and, and and the Cavern and probably had 10,000 hours of playing. And yeah. they were men. They looked like boys, but they were men. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything that they'd seen and experienced, these were not boys anymore. And they were, you know, savvy way beyond their years. and it almost seemed like it was dog years. You know?
2: It is a very unusual thing. The only thing that I think equates to it in history is the fact that in a very tiny town, Concord, Massachusetts, within a mile span, you had Alcott, Hawthorne, Emerson, Thoreau, yeah. the, all of Margaret Sidney, all of these for, great I right authors. By,
1: I, I lived for That's where I lived in Boston. I lived yeah. right by Walden Pond in, in yeah. a, a town called Weston. Yes, I know right where it is. Yeah. I know right
2: where it is, and it's yeah,
1: just—it's a
2: very strange phenomenon that that happened, and the same thing happening in Liverpool, and giving us these geniuses, very, very unusual in history. Paris,
1: but, in, Paris in the twenties. Yeah, it's, um,
2: just, a, it's like, just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's just like a Mozart kind of thing. Like you just can't explain it. No, you know you And that's why we've been trying for fifty years. And it's so much fun to try, but I don't, you know, you can't really explain magic and genius.
2: No, it just, you can't.
1: It just is. It's God-given, and it's just, you know, it's it's from another whole place. It's just...
0: Right. It's, it's a cosmic it is. appearance. And that's why the
1: world is still so fascinated by it, because we've never seen anything like it before or since.
2: Yeah. It was very special. Well, you know, let's go back to 1978 with that debut album of yours, The Cars, because I remember hearing The Cars for the first time, and there was a different sound, a sound I'd never heard before. You know, there's that famous line in A Hard Day's Night where they are talking to George, and George is saying that you know he doesn't like this girl that's so fashionable and popular. and, oh, and he turns he, on the
1: TV and say rude things.
2: That's it! That is it! And the guy, the fashion designer manager, oh, yeah. gets so upset, and he says, mark that down. That's a clue to the new direction. You, you know, know I and...
1: Love, I love the very last shot where he goes, what? He just, like, turns to the camera, that guy, and goes, what? I know. Like, he's so on edge about, like, what's going to be the newest trend and crazy. I know, the clue to the new
2: direction. But that's what the cars were to me. Uh, because after growing up in the 1950s with the doo-wop sound and then the British invasion, suddenly there is this different sound that you hear well, in, Jim,
1: in Jim, Good Times' you, 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 I thought where you were going was in that scene, that metal sculpture with George, like, Hits it. He goes. You don't see many of these anymore. I know. Like it's a a musical instrument. I know
2: exactly. (laughs) Kind
1: of a precursor
2: to the sitar. You know. You don't
1: mm -hmm, see many
2: of these anymore. It is a classic. Well, tell us about "Good Times Roll" and if there's any Beatles connection or any you know anything like that. We'd love to hear about it.
1: Well, um, you know, I think like work. Well, first. You, you got, we t- probably talked about it, but that first record um, was actually made at George Martin's studio in London Air, and um, and Paul at, at, during the time we were there was recording in the next studio, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're just you know we were so filled with that all of that anyway. In a Good Times Roll, in the chorus, that there's that huge chorus of Good Times Roll. And, of course, that was a lot of, you know, Roy Thomas Baker, you know, his Queen-style layering of background vocals. But if you listen to the guitar, and I'm just sort of doing a jangling, and it's almost like, um, it's a little bit like like a please, please, me kind of lick or um, Mm -hmm. um, every little thing kind of, just like a little, like, jangly kind of thing. And it definitely comes from there. But, you know after playing guitar for so long, and I've been playing since I'm a baby, it's almost like you have, like, this Rolodex in your brain, and this stuff comes out. You know what I mean? And you don't know necessarily... um, You don't always remember, like, where you got it from, and then you hear a record, and go, oh, man, that's where I got that from. Right. Because when you listen to so much music for so many years, uh, it becomes so integrated, you don't even always remember. Yeah. But, you know... Again, as far as, like, being influenced by the Beatles, you know, like, the, like an obvious one that we talked about was, like, Best Friends Girl, which has a similar look to I Will, but there's nothing like that, especially in Good Times' role, but, again, the structure where, you know, we, we learn how to put, like, singles and hit records together by listening to the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, especially those classic singles, that, like, say something like Day Tripper, where it would start with, like, a guitar hook. Down. And then, going, you know, it would be like hook. And and by hook, I just mean like a musical phrase or a motif that hooks you in, that makes you wait for it to come back around. They call it hook. And it usually repeats after each chorus. So it took me so long. To find out, and I found out, and it comes back mm-hmm. in, and and it's those little kind of things, those structural things that um, are so embedded in me. That, yeah. You know, so you know, my best answer, my most honest answer is that there, there's Beatles in everything I do, honestly, because mm-hmm. you know, I learned how to do this stuff from them. How to how to like what how, how you put together a hit record. Because there's such a big difference between a great song and a great record. You know? Right, and right, So, like, if you heard John just strumming an acoustic guitar and singing Tomorrow Never Knows and just playing that one chord, you might go, well, that's, you know, that's a cool song, kind of interesting, but without backwards tape loops and, and tambours and drones and drums on it. Right. So that's the difference between a great song and a great record. Mm-hmm. It has to make that leap in, onto tape and, and you have to somehow spe- jump that gap between not being actually there with your audience. You know, yeah. I, I, I kind of liking it to be going to either, like a, a Broadway play or going to see a movie. And so yeah. movies have to use special effects and all kinds of things to engage the viewer because they don't have the immediacy of being in front of the actors. And it's kind of the same thing with a record. You kind of do things to enhance it, to make it interesting to listen to, and also capture people's imagination without them actually seeing you playing. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And, and, and so, you know, I always make that distinction between a great song and a great record because yeah. lots of great songs were lost in the studio.
2: Well, and you listen to anthology, and you listen to some of these songs evolve from their very first acoustic performance. Same thing. The reason that Lena was so addicted to the Esher demos is you're hearing this primitive early version and you Mm -hmm. then follow it and watch what it becomes and i mean it really is fascinating to watch how what you're saying the the song becomes the record so go from um, the
1: song where like one or two of the guys is just showing it to the band to everybody's got a part and playing something that really makes it jump off the grooves yeah that is a definite process and you know it's you know that's that's The magic part, too.
2: Absolutely, the magic to the song that helped introduce us to the clue to the new direction, (laughs) to the cars.
0: So, Elliot, I know that you are a serious Beatles guru, and you have (laughs) helped Jude, you know, a lot in her John Lennon series. Oh, I
1: don't know about a lot, but I've enjoyed chatting and, you know, pointing some things out. You have, absolutely, you have. Ah, that,
2: it's he fun. It. And, I'm,
1: um, I, 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 it was fun that you were receptive, you know. I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm, like, overstepping here or, no! it, you know. You know how it Listen.
2: is. Listen. I need I need all the help I can get, and it is especially what an honor to have your assistance. And wow. always, you know so much about it. I mean, you absolutely are a Beatles guru, as Lena just said. So thank mm-hmm. you very very much. And we're going to put you on the spot here.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Okay. I just hope I live to see Lewisohn finish,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I hope well. he lives to finish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we will.
0: so inquiring minds want to know Elliot who is your favorite beetle I mean oh, a lot of people you know have prefer one of the beetles do you you have one that is your preference
1: you know maybe when I was a kid I, 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 I thought like that but these you know when I think about it more seriously I just think that is one, the Beatles. Mm -hmm. The Beatles is one thing, and that's my favorite thing, because I love them individually, but it's like, you know, I mean, none of them were as great as they were without the other three, and so it became like something that was like so much bigger than themselves. So to like say, oh, I like, you know, I love John, of course I do, and, and, and you know, and his voice is like one of the greatest sounds in rock and roll. But I just think you know, he, you know, part of what made him great was the Beatles. You know, yeah. And so I kind of hesitate a little. I don't want to be like too fanish in that way because I, I just look at them as that four-headed monster. They are to me one entity. Mm-hmm. So
2: not trying mm-hmm. to
1: evade the question. I guess. No. If I had a gun to my head, I'd probably say John Lennon. But, um, you know, I really do think of them as like one thing. I just put my gun away. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but having said that, I saw Paul McCartney uh, a few weeks ago at Dodger Stadium. and He was unbelievable.
2: So yeah. great. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. great. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, why why choose?
2: Right. But,
1: Oh, I, like I, I posted, I posted on Facebook uh, like a, a couple of months ago. I said, can't we love both the Beatles and the Stones and just agree to hate? Um, what's his name? Uh, you know, uh, Freddie and the Dreamers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you really put that?
1: Yeah, because he was always. Maybe you had to be either a Beatle or a Stone first. I said, well, can't we like both the Beatles and the Stones and just hate Freddie and the Dreamers? <laughs> or the Box Tops? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they're great.
2: Oh, if I if I had when the letter That's comes on, I, I change channels when the letter comes on.
1: Oh, really? You don't like Alex Chilton?
2: I am not a not a letter fan. Not uh, about that, that that song. Yeah, I. What about Cry T- Like a Baby? Okay, I like that. I like that. <laughs> that I like. That's a different animal.
1: I liked it. Too. I liked I liked them because they were um, they were part of the kind of a, um Muscle Shoals thing in a way, yeah, 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 you know they were they, they like uh, Dan Penn and Spooner Oldham were involved, and i I'm a, such a huge fan of Southern soul music,
2: yeah uh, uh, that school is just so oh. rich and has such a great fluence for years past its oh, yeah. inception around sixty five I mean it just spans the end of the sixties and end of the seventies, so yeah, but and that was one of my song.
1: Fa- some of my favorite records, I mean, just even like. Dusty in Memphis or Aretha, I Never Loved a Man. Just right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Forget it. Forget That's about it. Amazing.
0: Well, I had a question, Elliot. It seems that I had read somewhere that, you know, during the height of your career that somebody had asked John Lennon what current bands he really liked. and Oh,
1: yeah. He
0: said The Cars.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, I, I, even just when you just said it, I got goose pimples again. It's mm-hmm. like, what a what a blessing and what an amazing thing that you know. I was like, wow, John Lennon knows we exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we, I really and and you know, we'd only had a rec- been making records or had records out for two years in eighty, and uh, right. mm-hmm. you know, and as, he was he was talking about just like starting over his first single off his new Double Fantasy record and he was saying how, you know, he's a kind of a 50s guy and it was sort of like a an Elvis type of song, inspired song and he, mm-hmm. he said he found that a lot of the new wave bands incorporated a lot of like 50s stuff like he said, like, take the cars that touch and go and he goes, uh-oh, oh, he goes, that's like a, one of the, like a like one of those Buddy Holly like hiccups, you know? Yeah,
0: yes, yes.
1: And, you know, and, and he was talking about, like, how the B-52s, like, some of that, like, that Rock Lobster is, like, yeah. like, like very Yoko-ish. Uh, yeah. The, the, the way they sing, that stuff of those noises they make, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's singing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, he, like, m- you know, knew the song and, like, referred to it. He talked about, you know, Springsteen, a couple other things, too, but just the fact that he mentioned the cars and, and it was his last interview ever. Wow. Mm. Was wow. It, was it Andy Peoples? Was yeah. That, was that what it was? Amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's, oh, man. Yeah,
2: that's. Uh,
1: but what that's a blessing, you know, that, that you know, I, I was able to make that, like, real connection. Right. Like, the guy heard my music and liked it, yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah. And it, Whole lot to me
2: something nobody can say you that's know every,
1: that's everything
2: yeah. yeah it is everything that's that is it's a once in a lifetime rare i mean you, that's something to treasure
1: that's everything absolutely, absolutely. Yep. that's why good. i did it that's what that's why i do it for man yeah
2: right you that's know
1: right. A moment like that i'm gonna stop bawling in a
0: minute <laughs> <laughs> so okay also tell us now it's your turn to kind of to call out a current band that you are digging these days. That's a super old term. But what yeah, are I, some some of the current groups that you are hearing that you like their sound?
1: Well, um, you know, I, I, I like um I like like the black keys a lot. and uh, I don't know, you know, that's not brand new, But um, and I always am interested in what Jack White does. Um, Uh, I like the Raconteurs, his sort of Mm -hmm. band after the White Stripes, too. And there's this great little band out of England called The Stripes with a Y. Have you heard them or seen them? I don't know them. I bet Lena does, though. They look like yeah. the Yardbirds in 65, and they play like that. They, you know, they're like teenage kids with, like, cool suits and playing, like, you know, R&B, you know. And that's pretty irresistible to me. Uh, I, li- I like them. Um, yeah. You know, uh, what's, that, what's the band? What's that? Brandon Flowers, the guy who inducted us in the Hall of Fame. What's that band? Uh, oh,
0: yeah.
1: I can't what, his band, but that, that's a nice, that's a good band.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm getting um, to that. I'm getting to that place where, like, like you p- if you put on Saturday Night Live and like they say who's playing, you're like, who's that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you pick up a Rolling Stone, and they're writing about like somebody who's selling a gazillion records and you never even heard of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not. That's not a. Mm-hmm. You know, bragging about that, but I, I guess that's you know. Well, you know, I, 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 I kind of. Like, I kind of love what I always love, and, mm-hmm. and I like things that are kind of influenced by that. I love country music, um, you know, I, like I, I love blues Alison Moore and Shelby Lynn and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Marty Stewart and those guys, like real country music and, uh, yeah. gosh, you know, yeah. Bakersfield, all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah, you have a rich variety.
1: I just, uh, yeah, I just like good stuff, you know, gosh. Chicago blues.
2: Yes.
0: And so, additionally, I wanted to mention that you had told us you gave a performance not long ago at the Grammy Museum, and you performed the entire Revolver
1: LP. I did. The entire British version, I might add. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my God. I worked so hard on that thing. I, I rehearsed it for myself just doing homework, at, you know, with the album for about a month, like going in most every day and playing every song. And Some of it was really challenging. I mean, I had to create uh, sitars for Love You Too, had to create um, tambora drones and backwards tape looping for Tomorrow Never Knows, you know, we had to do the the two-guitar harmony thing and and your bird can sing because it's a U.K. version. But the interesting thing, the thing that sticks out in my mind, I mean, well, first of all, you know, I'll only, like, play a show if I'm going to be good. And in order to do that, Mm -hmm. it takes so much work to make it, like, look easy. You have to to get to where you have, like, the muscle memory so you're not just always thinking about what the next part is and you can kind of have fun with it. And entertain people and, yeah. and, and and play music, but the most challenging thing on that of that project was Paul McCartney's solo in Taxman. Really, that thing—it was like cracking a code. Because and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. You know, you see, George plays like a guitarist and plays in like mm-hmm. the normal sort of little pentatonic boxes and blues shapes mm-hmm. that we all like re- rely on at times. You know. But when Paul plays, like, whether it's the solo in Helter Skelter or um, the little breaks in Me and My Monkey or, uh, right, you know, a Ticket to Ride, it, he doesn't play like a guitarist. He just plays genius, like, musical ideas. And so they're not, like, they don't fall under your fingers in the normal, like, guitar player way. And yeah. some of the little raga flourishes in the taxman solo, it's like a combination, I don't want to get too technical, but of, like, Camerons and pull-offs, and it's very, very nuanced. And I listen to that dancing over and over yeah. and over, like yeah. just like little three-second segments. And, yeah. Oh, that's what he's doing. And it took like a few days because it was so wow. different. Yeah. But now I can play the tax dance. So.
2: <laughs> well, you <laughs> rocked it. I've watched the videos, and, I mean, you know, everybody is doing a wonderful job, and the music is excellent and then there you are and you are bringing it as we say is in the south i mean you are putting on your max showing not just standing on the stage doing the music so kudos to you that was a great performance
1: you know jude i can't do it any other way man and i'll tell you what it's the beatles revolver album i mean yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work so hard to be great. I want people to go, Holy mackerel. You know, that's yeah. not just like the record. Otherwise it's not even worth it to me. But yeah, well. It was I, I could have toured, toured that album by the time I was done. And it was all for just one damn show. Or two shows, yeah. an early and a late, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it almost felt like I was channeling at some point. I was so into it, you know? Yeah.
2: Just you can wait. see that you're into it. And we'll put, this show will be posted on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that, but we will put on our Facebook She Said She Said page
1: several of those videos for people to watch next oh, week because fun. it's you know, another, another great one that I love was the year before we did the White Album uh, 50th anniversary, and uh, we did While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and I had mm-hmm. you know, I, that was another one that I worked real hard to nail. <laughs> and is there a video of that?
2: Yeah, there is,
1: because that we'll
2: we'll put that up too.
1: As a matter of fact, I'm up there with um, Lawrence Juber, who's in the last incarnation. Oh, yeah, world, and John Jorgensen, who you might know, right? Um, yeah, from you know Desert Rose Band and and you know Sessions and 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 uh, the Helicasters and just studio work and stuff. But, wow. Yeah, but I told him, and I said, I own this solo, and they were like, okay, and then you know. <laughs> I just you know, I had I knew I had it, you know. I just owned that thing and I worked on it and mm-hmm. if you hear That's it you'll <laughs> you say uh, hopefully you like it but well listeners will that I don't roll any other way. It's gotta be like holy crap. <laughs> That's
0: terrific. We <laughs> did not expect any less out of you. Well, you know,
1: every, you know, you gotta take pride in your work. Uh and Right.
0: If you're you know, gonna do it, do it. Go Yeah,
1: if you're gonna sign Go. off on something you don't want to be thinking about it later that I should have or could have done a little bit more work and I right. could have been better or this right. or that. I, I, that's harder to live with than the work. <laughs> right, right, um, right.
0: You know, that's the work ethic that goes into being a, a famous rock and roll band, isn't it? I mean, it's just, that you work
1: know, like ethic said, it's,
0: was behind the Beatles as well.
1: Right. And that, it's that same thing of how hard it, they work to make it look easy. Yeah, so, you know, Jude, you were talking about, like, listening how great, like, on, say, the anthology discs, how you hear the early versions of records. Yeah. And then you could hear just, like, how hard they worked from mm-hmm. getting it to that point to where it was finally, you know, the record. Polish, it's, like,
0: unbelievable
1: how gadgets. hard they worked. That's and right. Take That's after right. take, just trying stuff.
2: Man, we could talk about this forever. We could do hours of, you know, it's
1: just... there's just We would talk about, like, songs versus records. And, like, I always kind of think, like, in rock and roll, pop, like, the song ain't done being written until the record's finished. Oh! I like that. You know what I mean? Because if somebody comes up with an idea or a hook or a a musical line that just makes the song, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know... Carol Kay's bass line and the beat goes on or something like that. Or just, just, you know, any kind of part that just people go, whoa, you know. Yeah, yep. That's, yep. to me, that's a compositional contribution as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Like, yep, I
2: think that's a, that's a great quote. I may have to borrow that from you and footnote it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's true, you know. I mean, it, until that thing's mixed, anything can go on there. Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, you know, someone has an idea and all of a sudden it takes a left turn. Yeah, really. I love it. That is so true. It is
2: well. Uh, well,
0: Elliot, we sadly um, have come to the end of our time, but we want to make sure that our listeners know where to find you on social media, so they can watch for the Valentine's Day release of the empty hearts. I don't. I can't think of a more perfect way to spend <clears throat> Valentine's Day than with the empty
2: hearts.
1: Yeah, I, you know those little pink boxes that used to take uh, when you're in. Elementary school with the little candy hearts that oh, yeah. say, I love you, or please be mine. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we should make those boxes for the empty hearts and have nothing inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like, you know, the empty hearts. I love it.
2: <laughs> or you could just have the heart candy with nothing on it.
1: Yeah, just nothing on it, empty. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: That's good. <laughs> no,
0: that, that would be priceless, absolutely.
1: Well, it's been, always oh, you know, again, a blast talking to you ladies it's always fun and it's always fun to talk with people who really love the Beatles and and are so knowledgeable and well, you know we, it's it's great
0: we, we greatly appreciate and respect your influence and all of the uh, experiences that you have been through and we we love hearing it and we love that you offer that up so we can have our listeners enjoy uh, and uh, hear what you have to say as well. We have had so many people comment about your other show and so I'm sure this one will be just as enjoyable and oh, I did have you. someone write on Facebook and they, they suggested that next time you play She Said, She Said.
1: Oh. Well, we you can also there's a, a video of us doing it at the Gravity Museum. Oh.
2: Yeah, and we're going to use that as our play out today.
1: So that will be much. It's you know it's so much fun doing it, and if people want to find out um, a little bit more about the Empty Hearts, we have a Facebook page called the Empty Hearts and a website TheEmptyHearts.com, dot com, and uh, you can go on either of those, and there's links to videos and you know songs and stuff you can and photos and you can check the band out and stuff thank you thank you so much we
2: appreciate it thank you for being with us thank you for having me all right we'll see you in in february to release that that new empty heart cd we can't wait i love it you got it thank you so much
0: so much and thank you to all of our listeners here on she said she said as well we appreciate your being a part of all we do, and we hope that you're enjoying the ride as we begin our third year of this program together. I can't even believe it. And <clears throat> to celebrate anniversary number three, we have some fab guests coming up for you in the weeks ahead. First, we have Jim Birkenstadt, the rock and roll detective, who will be here to talk about his bestseller, The Beetle Who Vanished, which is the life of drummer Jimmy Nichol. Jimmy, as you might know, filled in for Ringo for 13 days on the 1964 North American tour. And Jim will give us the scoop on those exciting days. And when he appears in person as the featured author for The Beatles at the Ridge on September 20th and 21st in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, Jim was the Harrison family's historian during the making of Martin Scorsese's film, George Harrison, Living in the Material World, one of my top five ever shows, films. And Jim will be the MC for the viewing of this wonderful, wonderful documentary, and it is going to be at Beatles at the Ridge on set- Saturday, September 21st. So to make the viewing experience really unique, he's going to take the Ridge guest, through that film with him and bring it to life as only Jim Birkenstadt can. He'll give She Said, She Said an insider's look at the film as well. When he gets
2: on our program next week, I think it'll be out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll get it out soon. And Lane and I sincerely want to invite all of you to come out and meet Jim in person, as well as Bruce Spizer, who will be releasing his brand-new book, The Beatles' Get Back to Abbey Road. We have the official book launch party for Bruce that weekend. And we have Ken Orts' Meet the Lookalikes as well, all September 20th and 21st. It's a free today Beatles festival and symposium and uh, our cast of stars I mean they are absolutely remarkable
0: absolutely you are not lying we also have a fabulous MC Susan Ryan and she's going to be on the show next week with Jim Birkenstadt as well so don't miss the book launch party that we are hosting for Bruce Pfizer's brand new Book, The Beatles Get Back to Abbey Road. And the party is going to be on Friday night, September 20th. These are all, all of these presentations take place in the studio in Walnut Ridge on Main Street, Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. And on Saturday, Beatles at the Ridge attendees will get to explore the unique, fun stories behind American Beatles memorabilia and American Beatles fan clubs. So we have authors. Terry Crane, Sarah Schmidt, and Patty Gallo-Stinman on hand to talk about all of these fantastic topics. In addition, on both days, we'll also have music from the majorly talented artist and musician Rand Kessler, who is also our Jeff Emmerich and does a fantastic job on our shows. And we also have teen sensation, Cameron Hicks. You're going to see door prizes, refreshments, and a really special tour of the unmatched collection um, and Beatles exhibit, which is entitled Meet the Lookalikes. And it is being exhibited by curator and collector Ken Orth. All of this is free, absolutely free. Go to the website beetlesattheridge.com and make all of your plans, see the schedule, see what's going on. You better get a hotel reservation quite quickly. And we look forward to seeing you there. You're going to have the time of your life. And until then, here's to food for thought, food for the soul, and food for the love of rock and roll.
2: And as we play out with Elliot Easton shining on the Grammy Museum version of She Said, She Said, I'll leave you with these words, Turah and shine on.